the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ours is not a sitting and relishing in what Jesus has done for us kind of life. The call is to follow after him, and that involves quite a bit of action. As we'll see today, continuing our series Arise, Move and Go, on this edition of Way of Grace. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com, welcome. This is Way of Grace as we turn our attention to John 14 once again today. Our series is called Arise, Move, and Go, subtitled Alertness and Obedience. We've seen the Spirit's purpose, and that's to move us. The primary act of movement is to follow after Jesus. Today, steadfastness to trust Him in all things. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. A profoundly connected relationship between you and the third person. Where the third person is so, so effectually near you that you really can't get away from the fact that you know, even though you want to act like you don't know, but he knows everything. And I think for some Christians, that really is a bothersome. That the paraclete, that the one who was sent to be the resident Lord, the one who ain't got nothing else to do but hang out with you. And some of us will say, Holy Ghost, ain't you got something else to do? Nope. And I ain't got nothing else to do. Nope. I'm from eternity to eternity. I encompass heaven and earth. I feel heaven and earth. I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm hanging out with you. And listen and listen to the way he talks. Listen to it. For as many as are what of the spirit? This encompasses everything that I'm teaching you. Because you see, when you're walking with God, you're not sleepwalking. That's going to be one of our messages. When you're walking with God, you're not sleepwalking. See, this is where Calvinism becomes hyper and it doesn't honor God. It's always a reciprocation of God's will merging with your will to strengthen your will to do God's will. You're never not doing God's will, but God's doing your will for you so that God doing your will is doing God's will while you're not doing God's will. See, I'm not a postmodernist. I love rational, propositional, syllogistic, comprehensive, coherent thinking. And the Bible does too. When we say in Philippians 2.12, God works on us the will and to do, that means God's going to tie your butt up until you say, okay, Lord, it's time to go. Okay, okay, okay. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. Such people are the sons of God. 
We know that because we already have a prototype in who? Jesus. In fact, he's our archetype. We have the archetype. Christ followed his daddy, didn't he? And so it's extremely important for you to get this. Verse 15. Now watch what it says. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to what? That's a challenge in the year 2022. This is something I've been dealing with for two and a half years among us and abroad. This, this usurpation of godly fear and the replacement of it with carnal, secular, humanistic, corporate, global, demonic fear. This is something I'm wrestling with with Christians because they say they know the Lord and they're trusting him. But it's evident that they're not. Am I making some sense? So, like, if you are a son or daughter of God, guess what? The Holy Ghost didn't give you that rut type paralyzing, stuck in one place, going in circles, fear. The God, God doesn't do that. He doesn't give you the spirit of, of fear to lead you to bondage are the spirit of bondage. That word is slavery. Every believer in Christ has been liberated from the slavery of sin, the curse of the law, the wrath of God, bondage to the carnal nature. You've been liberated. It's just whether or not you're going to walk in it. Am I making some sense? Whomsoever the son shall set free shall be free indeed. And so believers are liberated believers. Remember chapter eight opens up what? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who do not submit to as a slave the flesh. Because that's what that word walk after means. It's a Hebraic phrase that means to be brought into captivity by a, a king or a ruler. And he leads you like a slave, like Israel was led from Jerusalem to Babylon. Am I making some sense? All false gods will bring you into that kind of slavery. God liberates his people in order that they might walk with him. You have received the spirit of adoption by which you do what? You cry what? Oh, so Paul is about to take us to Matthew 26, where Jesus is about to take the disciples, is he not? Paul wants us to learn that real God-aided, spirit-aided prayer is always, Lord, your will be done. Did I make some sense right there? All right, I want to keep going for time's sake because it's, these things should not be argued by people at grace. Grace should already know these things in their, in their lives. So under point number two, the primary act of movement is to follow him sensible to his promptings. One more verse, verse 16. I'm sorry, go back, please. One more verse in Romans 8, verse 16. The spirit itself is constantly bearing witness with our spirit. Stop right there because you don't know what that means. I mean, this is a profound concept. Okay? This is a profound concept. So the third person is operating in your life, constantly keeping you in the parameters of redemptive experience. That's his job. He's constantly keeping you in the parameters of redemptive experience. That's his role. He he is the the pedagogue. The pedagogue raises the child to become a ruler at length. 
That what that means is he takes you through the courses of life and allows a ton of things to occur in your life, but never allow you to exceed the boundaries because he's got to watch over you. That means he's trying to help you figure out how to redeem every crazy thing that you're going through so that you can know how children of God act in times of trouble, in times of chaos, in times of need, in times when they get stuck in the hole. That's what it means. See, if you have the Holy Ghost, he's going to let you know, yep, you really jacked up. You're still a child of God. Yes, you really screwed up. I ain't going nowhere. You know how we be wanting him to go somewhere. We want to beat ourselves. We want to atone for our own sin on that one. Right. We want to act like, oh, Lord, that was really, really bad. The Holy Ghost, I got to beat myself this time because I want the Lord to know how really bad I feel. Is that true? You will never know how bad your sin is. And the Holy Ghost is not there to show you how bad your sin is. He's there to remind you that it's paid for. Holy Ghost, I just really jacked up. Yep, that's paid for too. This is what it is meant by bearing record with your spirit that you're trying to see because you you would reject yourself. And rightly so, because you, you, you jacked up. You really are jacked up. You would reject yourself, but he won't let you reject yourself. Am I telling the truth? That brother hangs out. Does that brother hang out? That brother hangs out. Don't nobody hang out with you but the Holy Ghost. I can show you some accounts, but guess what the Holy Ghost is going to do after he look at the clock and say, okay, that's enough crying. Arise, move, and go. Is that true? That's the relationship. The spirit itself bears record with our spirit that we are indeed children of God. And he shows us how triumph and suffering, how pain and pleasure, how the good times and the bad times are all part of conformity to Jesus. Otherwise, you and I would collapse into licentiousness or legalism. Did y'all hear what I just stated? If the Holy Ghost doesn't keep you, you will put on the fig leaves of self-righteousness. That's what we're getting ready to learn next week when God runs Adam and Eve out the house. Arise, move and go. You're going to do what in my house? You're going to put on that, that polyester when I have given you real leather? You got to go. We're going to learn something about it. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's extremely important to understand what it means to be sensible and sensitive to its promptings. I really want some of you to be able to do that. What a joyful thing when God is nudging you and showing you and repeating to you in the most gentle way. Only God can do that. Only God can do it in a way to where you know that it's God talking to you about a thing you must do or not do stop doing or engaging doing and how long he works with you at it. You know that, you know that. And and we want to be much more sensitive to the prompting. This is why I want to talk to you about arising and moving and going. I'm going to give you a warning before I go because you know that's what I do. I'm going to let you know. If you stand still, you are a sitting duck. 
And as a sitting duck, the enemy is trying to kill you. Literally. Do you hear me? Literally trying to kill you. Here's the other thing you've got to wake up to because Jesus is going to say, Lord, give me a little bit of time. The master is going to teach us this in verse 30 and 31. He's going to teach us this. The devil is coming. He is coming. That's what he's telling the 11. The devil is coming and he ain't got nothing in me. I have to unpack that. But see, every time God tells you and I to do something, about three seconds later, please believe the devil is coming. Please believe it. And he has a whole lot in his arsenal to help you stay stuck. So point B, submission to his direction. I'm going to give you two examples. One is most of us know that God's word is sufficient to guide us. Would you agree? We don't pay no attention to God's word. We got Bibles all over the house. Told you all on your computer. You, you can become a Greek, a Hebrew, an Aramaic theologian all by yourself. You can study God's word deeply in ways in which we never have. But you don't. You don't. You spend very little time in the Bible. And because of that, you are actually walking in darkness. Lord, I, how come it's so dark? Well, why don't you cut the lights on? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Walk over to the light switch, cut the light on. I promise you I'll be there. If you cut the light on, I'll speak to you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Through your precepts, do you give me understanding? I hate every false way. Right? The path of the justice as a shining light that shines more and more into the perfect day. We do well to take heed unto that more sure word of prophecy as a light that shines out of darkness until the day star arise in your heart. God's always willing to give us light in the Bible. We don't want that light. We need God to act supernaturally. Lord, you got to do a miracle for me, for me to get it. You're tempting the Lord. Because God does not set aside his natural laws arbitrarily to meet your whimsical needs, particularly when they're rooted in selfishness and rebellion. Am I making some sense? Lord, I need you to show me a show me a sign. Show me a sign. Show me a sign. I have showed you a sign from Genesis to Revelation. Signs all in that book. Signs all in that book. So this is what I mean by submission to his direction. We love to quote Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, don't we? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You never have trusted in the Lord with all your heart. You never have trusted in the Lord with all your heart. And you constantly lean on your own understanding. You love to try to figure it out yourself. Am I making some sense? Right. Very seldom are we pressing into God at such a level as we're saying, Lord, I don't get it. Please help me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not using machinations. I'm going to put my creative creativity on pause until you help me understand where I am. 
Now, everybody who does that seriously hears from God. I don't know any person that seriously wants God's will in their life where God doesn't make it known to them. Pastor, I've been trying to seek the Lord's will for the last 750 years. It just seems like I can't. I say to myself while they say that to me, this person is lying and they don't even know they're lying. See, as as Paul put it in the book of Acts, God is never far away from any one of us. And his word is nigh us, even in our mouth and in our heart. If we would but call upon the name of the Lord, he would hear us. He would deliver us and he would be glorified by that process. But a lot of times we're not really calling. So so part of the series is going to be helping you understand how you lie to yourself. And that's why you're stuck. Stuck. Listen to what God said in in Isaiah 63, verse 7 through 14 concerning the journey of Israel. I got about 15 minutes. Listen to this. I want you to hear the narrative because this is going to be an optic for us going forward. Y'all remember Moses, right? Y'all remember Moses? No, you don't. You don't read your Bible. (laughs) In our secular public schools today, uh, a Christian teacher will ask the class, does anybody know Moses? And there'll be several hands that will not go up. This is how far we are away from the word of God today. Besides Jesus And Abraham, Moses is one of the most well-known people on the planet. Except in the postmodern age in which I live, where the Bible is closed in most people's homes. Listen to the narrative here. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath done. What? That's you and me. Children of God, you and I are blessed. Man, we're so blessed, we need to be ashamed about it. I mean, we need to be ashamed of all of the complaining that we do for all of the blessings that we have that God has bestowed upon us compared to the rest of the world. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. It's true, isn't it? It's true. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. We ought to be ashamed. Listen. He says, and the great goodness towards the house of Israel, which he bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindness. Two sides of the same coin here in the Hebrew that has said it means God's obligatory commitment to a people that don't deserve it. Him being faithful to them anyway. That means he came to them when they were in bondage in Egypt. Am I making some sense? And guess what he told them? arise, move, and go. See what I'm saying? It's all through the Bible, isn't it? Now, before he told them to arise, move, and go, he told a brother to arise, move, and go. What was his name? Moses. Because Moses is the one. Moses hanging out on the backside of the desert 40 years, wandering in the foolishness of his presumption to kill a man, out of anger, false anger. And God says, you got to learn some lessons, boy. And then finally, God called him to arise, move and go. And now God is using Moses to tell Israel to do what? Arise, move and go. And here's what God says. For he said, surely they are my people. This is God talking. Children that will not what? And therefore he was there what? All right, so just help a few of y'all since I got a little time 
He doesn't mean that Israel wouldn't tell a white lie or a gray lie or a brown lie. And in some cases, a black lie. Because if you read your Bible, you know they did. Is that true? So for those of you who like theology, understand lying is not about the proposition that comes out of your mouth because of the fear or complexity or confusion that sets in in your life across an ethical issue that can be so difficult that the only response you will yield as you would see the lesser of multiple evils is to say they went that way. I'm talking about the great, great grandmama of the Lord Jesus Christ and her name was Rahab the harlot and she's in the book of Hebrews. Now I'm going all the way back to the beginning of my Christian days where Christians operate out of a wooden interpretation of scripture and say, I don't lie. And I said to my, you're lying right now. Oh, men are what? And the word in the Hebrew means that naturally we fail to hit the target frequently enough that we are not the Christ. I'm going to say it again. We miss the target enough for everybody in their right mind to know you ain't Jesus. I'm going to say it one more time. You know how we have some good days? You know, we have some good days, right? And I'm going to show you again. Holy Ghost helps us. Angels help us. Providence helps us. And boy, we doing good. Are we doing good? I mean, Peter said, Lord, I'll go with you even to the... He was feeling good. Jesus said, you're lying. Just in a few hours, the cock going to crow. And you're going to let me down. All men are... So the idea of lying means that we fail to correspond to the idea and the standard that God calls us to. What God is saying in this text was simply this. These are my people in that they won't own another God as their savior. Did that come home? See, we don't lie in that we only have one God. We don't lie in that we have only one true and living God. We don't lie in that we know that eternal life is to know thee, the one true and living God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We don't lie in that we tell men and women that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by him. We don't lie when we say the word of the Lord is right and all of his works are done in truth. We don't lie when we say there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We don't lie when we say there's none good. No, not one. There's none that seeks after God. There's none that understands. There's none that doeth righteous. Everybody but one is a nun. That'll come home in a moment. Am I making some sense? God is not calling us to the impeccable standard of Christ except to tell us to tell people Jesus is the one. We're the nuns. He's the one. That's why they killed him because he did all things well. And see what Moses was What God was saying in Isaiah 63 about Israel was that God had revealed himself to them in such magnanimous way. 
Who is a God like unto your God to come into Egypt, bust it up, destroy all their gods, cause you to come out dry shod with your hand lifted up high, separating the waters, gracing 1.3 million people to go through the water and then destroy all the army of Egypt and own you as his own. No God like Jehovah And God told the nation to arise, move and go and tell the world who I am. See, this is a neo evangelical gospel paradigm, is it not? Because here comes Jesus, who is Jehovah in the flesh, calling us to arise, move and what? And go. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510 586-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.